So on Juneteenth of last year, our incredible high school students put together a series of interviews at uh, Welcome to the Avenue on High Street. We set up a bunch of microphones and a portable recorder and had these incredible conversations with local leaders about issues that were important, um, especially important to talk about on Juneteenth. And so in honor of Black History Month, we are going to be releasing those episodes now. Today's episode is a combination of three smaller interviews. Each one is just incredible. I know that you'll enjoy them. So without further ado, let's get into it. I, um, I'll, I'll, uh, start recording, start recording. Can I say something? Let's talk about, ooh, do I want to bring that up? There's nothing bad, but do I want to bring that up? Oh, oh, guess what? Guess hey, what? hey, 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 let's weekend. sit down. Let's sit down. Let's sit down before he gets active. It's about to get active. It's about to get active. Welcome to the Created for Greatness podcast, hosted by the Strive Initiative and the Pottstown School District. Conversations from students about vision, dreams, aspirations, and thought-provoking ideas. Hey, Pottstown. My name is Denise Williams. I am the CEO and president of Be Resilient Healing Through the Arts, um, and I am one of the organizers of today's Juneteenth celebration. All right. What's your name, Mr. What's my name? What's your name? Adam Green. I'm Mark Ellison III. I'm Henry Fetterman. And I'm Lily Fetterman. All right. So, initially, I want to ask, how how did you get to the position that you're at right now? Oh, so are you talking about the position of my organization or the position? Okay. So, Be Resilient was established after I had some uh, meaningful loss in my life. Um, I lost my husband. I lost, and then 10 days later, I lost my um, dad. And then a year later, I lost my mom. And some of the things that I had to think about during those times was like, how am I going to be continue to move forward? And then the pandemic hit. And I'm like, well, geesh, how's other people like learning how to move forward and be resilient? And then social unrest hit. And I'm like, well, social unrest has already been, always been here. But it really was heightened with George Floyd and some other, you know, um, names that we all know. And I really had to think about like, so how, what can I do to make a change in our nation and help our nation be resilient. So be resilient is to help people move from trauma to healing. And we have all experienced trauma from um, personal traumas to uh, community traumas to national traumas. And how are we going to move forward? And as a nation, if we do not start thinking about it differently um, and think about a holistic approach to healing and a holistic approach to removing barriers, we're just going to continue to have this vicious cycle um, that each generation continues continues to experience and the magnitude continues to get greater. So Be Resilient is my way of walking in my purpose. I have always been someone that loves to help people reach their greatest potential. So I've been involved in leadership development, student success, nonprofits, major corporations, but I'm not a good worker. I don't even <laughs> work well for myself. So I said, what do... I need to find something that I like to do. And I love connecting people, helping people get their emotions out of their body, connecting with the young, connecting with the young adults, connecting with the older generations, and really making purposeful connections to make changes within a community and within our nation. So that's just a little bit of how I got here. Well, it seems like a long journey. It is. A very long journey. But it's worth it. I tell you, Tepid, it's worth it. As far as Be Resilient goes, uh, what has been 
what we what would you say is your biggest challenge and how have you overcome that the biggest challenge right now is getting people to buy in because sometimes it's like oh you're selling a dream but i'm not i'm not this is really something that is simple like if you think about us removing the barriers and just looking at each other and looking at everybody as human understanding that we've all go through have gone all gone through things that have really changed the tra- trajectory of how we feel about situations and being able to show some grace and mercy grace and mercy grace and mercy could go a long way and then being able to say you know what how can i help somebody in a situation and then also looking at yourself and saying what am i harboring and what do i need to work on just really taking a, a holistic approach cuz imagine this how many times have you guys received um like a pamphlet and they were like huh take this pamphlet and try this and what did you do with the pamphlet throw it away trash trash right you didn't do nothing with it and probably because one you weren't ready two it wasn't something that in that moment you were like i need it but the really the first part is you weren't ready so imagine how many people are getting resources right now that gets a pamphlet and we're like oh try this state program try this program try this program but they're not ready why are they not ready because we haven't connected them with their emotions that are creating the barriers that are hindering them to move forward so taking more of a holistic approach is really one of the barriers of of for me, because sometimes people are like, no, 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 no. We want to just give them this and they should know they want to come. But until we connect and create trust, there's not going to be a way for, it's going to be always a barrier of moving forward. Absolutely. I like that a lot. So, I don't know you guys knew what you signed up for. You guys all look at everything. You're like, okay, so who's next? Come oh, on, y'all. No. Oh, Come no. On. I, I'd like to hear more about this. So, how do you think the African-American community can promote and foster success in this younger generation? Yeah, like days like today. Like, I don't know if you guys had the chance to hear Melody speak, but, you know, days like today where the older generation says, puts on something and allows the younger generation to take the helm. Like, I want to be able to empower more people to feel like they can do it. Because sometimes you just need somebody to say, I believe in you, you got this, and you can do it. Just like Strive does with you guys. Like, you know, Strive feeds into you guys and is like, we believe in you. We want to help you. We want to mentor you. And you got this. But imagine how many people don't have a Be Resilient or don't have a Strive. So then we need to be that whole, that Be Resilient or that Strive for the others in the community so that they can that so that they can take the helm and so moments like this can happen. Do you think Juneteenth can get notoriety in non-black communities? Of course. Of course. All right. First of all, Phoenixville's having one. Now that, my goal. No, that did kind of surprise me when Phoenixville's they, when, having one. When I heard that. One day I do believe Boyertown's gonna have one. Like I know there are towns. Juneteenth should be everywhere. Because it's not just about yes, it's about us being like with the the true time when we realized that everyone was free yes but if we think about that holistic approach if we want to sing our national anthem which talks about freedom for all and land of the free like if we truly want to sing that until juneteenth is in every community that takes away the meaning of that song so yes absolutely that's the dream that is the dream that everybody takes off and has yes Juneteenth shirts for all. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> so how would we promote Juneteenth in all these non-Black communities? How do we take action towards well, that? I think it's going to start with some trust. You know, I think it's going to start with some conversations because I have talked to some people and they feel uncomfortable and they're like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, there's nothing wrong that you can say because if you say something and it's incorrect and somebody tells you in love that maybe you should address in another way, then what's that? Is that a barrier or is that you teaching somebody and you're opening the door to trust and opening the door to conversation. So this just is conversation. Sit me in the room. I can talk to anybody. I love it. I <laughs> love no, it. That's There's right. no shame in learning. There's no shame in learning. And, and if you haven't, and you're right, if there hasn't been a moment for it to be taught, because can we say that it's being taught properly in the schools? Probably not. Can they they do a better job? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we start doing a better job at making sure we educate our children, making sure we educate our communities, making sure we educate our families, it's a big, it's a circle. It's just going to be a trickle-down effect. That's right. And But in Pottstown, you're not going to be able to ignore Juneteenth anymore because oh, I yeah. am now involved. Let me tell you, <laughs> next year, I want a roller skating ring in one, one, in one street. I want one street blocked off just to vendors. The next street, I want blocked off just for food. Come on, guys. Like, I want to see This is going to be the place to be. I want to see it happen. It's happening. Get, get it I want to go outside yeah. and get start big. roller skating if, down the street. If I have spoken <laughs> it, I'm telling you, out of my mouth it's onto that happen. street, it's going to happen. Absolutely. It's going to happen. I'm super excited. <laughs> I do feel like there is this... Uh, we were talking about how getting it more notoriety in non-black communities, but I do really think that there is this divide in older generations mm, that there really true. isn't in the younger generations with, you know, black history as a, as a whole mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they weren't taught it in schools and now they're out of school. They don't want to learn anymore. And I feel like it's this urge to be stagnant mm. that they're not really shaking. Mm. How do you feel about that? Knowing that you are putting on this event and how would you go about trying to get them out of this stagnant state? Hmm. You try to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you just like your pops. <laughs> I'm not asking for a black cherry. <laughs> um, you know, again, I think it's going to be the trust. I, you know, while our older generation has lived it um, in a deep and personal way and you guys our younger generation has experienced it in a different way Um, same things different magnitude Um, but it's time for us as the older generation well I'm not going to really put myself in the older (laughs) generation I'm the mid generation Um, it's time for that history to be passed on Um, and again that conversation needs to be happened the young people need to sit down and talk to the older people so you can learn the history so then they can trust that you know the history so you can carry on with the history so it's a lot of conversations that need to take place it can't just be the young people talking and the old people talking and the mid people saying hey we here you know because i'm here and i'm ready but it needs to be a forum where we're like okay so let's really look at this differently. Like, what kind of world do you guys want your, for your children? Like, is this the world that you want them? How do you want them to a know beautiful the, world, the, the, a better the, world, the history? Yeah. Right. So if we don't start making these changes now, like, what's that going to look like? And do you really, do we really want to continue the same cycle? This is getting old. Like, I'm tired every, every two years we have stuff come up with social unrest. I'm, that's publicized. It happens every day, but that's publicized that we right. march for. We need to make these changes now. 
Well, you spoke a little about history. So what role can African-American history play in the shaping of the future of society? I mean, we, we play a lot. I mean, our role is like huge. I don't even think people realize some of the things that we have done and they attribute it to other people, but it's really, it's really black history, you know? Um, I think that the knowledge of knowing what is what has happened, the, the knowledge of knowing the history is the biggest impact. Amazing. I agree. Would you say uh, more people are taking action nowadays mm, because I of think, civil unrest? I think that they are, but then I get discouraged because sometimes I see a huge movement and then once the movement um, once the movement stops, then we see we hear quiet. So that's that's the problem. And but it's as long as there is a continued um, a continued push to have to have um, movement and have change, I think that's where we'll see it. And are you aware of any other like organization outside of Pottstown that is really helping unite people? There's a lot of organizations doing great things. There's a lot of grassroots organizations that are making positive change. Um, and some of them are, um, I know, um, you're not going to get me in trouble. Because <laughs> if I start naming names, they're like, why didn't you say me? Let me just leave it at this. There is a lot of places for people to get involved and make change. And even if you don't know the name of a place, start your own organization. Start a movement. Start a nonprofit. Start a business that, that makes something that empowers people to, um, to make a change. You can be a change in the basement of your home and be powerful. So yes, there's a lot of there's there are a lot of great, amazing organizations and people doing things for change. Well, as a successful um, individual, African American individual specifically, uh, what message would you like to give to uh, young African Americans or uh, just Americans in general, if you want, uh, who aspire to achieve success in their own field? Live unapologetically yourself. Be unapologetically who you are because it's important for you to be comfortable in your skin so that you can speak and lift your voice so that your message is able to be heard. I really like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot because I feel like definitely, you know, in the formative years, teenage years, you kind of lose who you are Mm -hmm. at a certain point. And it... Whether that takes going to college to find yourself or, you know, going through something... To, to really find yourself again it, it, it takes a lot to get there mm-hmm. but I, I do like that as like a a whole saying just bringing it all in mm-hmm. respecting yeah. yourself who you are and you can never stop learning never never ever never don't Absolutely. change like God made you the way you are for a reason there's a reason why there's a you there's a reason why there's there's a purpose for the reason why each morning you wake up and there's you're taking a step find your purpose and walk your journey unapologetically and i wish i would have learned that earlier in life because i was a yes girl like i just was like let me make sure that i do this 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 and this like if somebody asked me yes 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 i was a young mom my husband and i was young parents and we like we wanted to do everything but you know what i wish you would have took some time to pause and just took time to walk unapologetically as who we were. And I think we would have made even been a bigger change and more of an impact than I'm making right now. 
Absolutely. When you look into yourself as a unique individual, you allow yourself the opportunity to do new things like have a Juneteenth event on High Street right. or to have a podcast in a restaurant, you know, with successful people. Yes. In, in a black owned restaurant. Let's talk about it. Restaurant. In a black yeah. owned restaurant. Come like, come, come on. on. Like, this is nothing but black power. Like, this, like, oh, I, I just get so excited about stuff like this. This makes me happy. What did it take for you to, you know, close off this section of High Street? I, like, how long did that take? What what commitments did you make? What did you, you know? You know what? I just said, this is what I want. And I just worked to make it happen. I don't, I don't, I didn't see an obstacle. And I started, I have a really great network. And Pottstown and the nonprofit community has an amazing network. Um, and I tapped into them. And everyone was on board. I have amazing sponsors for this event. I had the YWCA, Citadel, Pottstown Health and Wellness, uh, Welcome to the Avenue, the Black Caucus. Um, Wawa. Wawa. Wawa is Wawa. here. Stop <laughs> it. If you don't have a favorite Wawa, let me tell you about my Coventry Wawa, okay? I love my Coventry Wawa. I will go see Kyle and Devin and all my friends every day. My kids won't even go with me because they say I take too much time. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, I need this much time to take get my water, to get my coffee. Right. I get coffee faithfully at Wawa every day. Um, who else is there? Um, Once Upon a Time Consignment. Um, um, oh, God, if I miss anybody, charge it to my mind, not my heart. But I have uh, the heart of God is there. Um, there is so many amazing. There's like 30 businesses, right? Yeah. So many people, like so many people. And then some people didn't show up. Like, honestly, we're supposed to have all these things down here. I have on my map, I have all everything down here blocked. So I it's just it, it was amazing. It's, it's amazing. I've had a lot of support. I've had amazing support to have this and make it big. And I just know it's going to get bigger and bigger. I hope so. Yeah. Certainly hope so. Any closing statement you'd like to give before we close this? No, you know, I really want to be able to just tell you guys that I'm really proud of, like, I met you guys and I'm really proud of the type of young people you are. And I can see in each of your eyes that you are going to be change makers. I've seen you guys as you were younger. And so I know that the, what the potential is sitting right here at this table. And I want to encourage you to continue to walk unapologetically as you are. I want you to continue to strive for what you're doing to be great. I want to continue to encourage you to be resilient. And you guys are the next generation. And if you ever need anything, just come see me. All right. Absolutely. And we're all created for greatness. Created for greatness. Created for greatness. Be right. resilient. Be resilient. Um, my name is Trinita Lindsay, and I am one of Pottstown Councilwomen. One of, there's seven of us. Seven right. council people, two women. Amazing. And I'm w one black, I'm the black female, and there's a black male mm. on, the, on the council. How did you get into that position? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Opening up a can of worms here. <laughs> You're talking like your dad right now. So. <laughs> I moved in Pottstown in 2016, and I wanted, and I, I was all happy because I moved from Phoenixville, and Phoenixville blew up, and I couldn't afford to buy a house there. So I was like, for the price that I wanted. So I decided to 
Um, moved to Pottstown, and it was closer to my job at the time because I was working at Iron Mountain. And long story short, I looked at my taxes. I was like, great day. The taxes is expensive oh, yeah. here. Yeah. And um, I went to Borough Hall. I, I, I bought my house in April, June. I was at the Borough Council meeting like this. And I met Marlene Armada. Marlene Armada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I always tell people, if you don't like me as a councilwoman, please blame Marlene Armada because it, it was her fault because she did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she, so I, she introduced herself because I'm a new face, and I said I came because I want to know why my taxes is high. She said, "Oh, well, let me show you why your taxes is high." Went to the Ricketts Center; they had a um, demonstration um, about um, fair funding, and I've been on the fair funding fight ever since. All right. you know, oh, yeah. so I've been nice. on that fair funding fight. It, it went from I forgot about the taxes, why I did it, but and then focus on. The, the funding formula and um, how they discriminate the kids and you know and how we are 2023 and this is still happening it's terrible, terrible. but yeah so the, terrible just terrible yeah. but anyway so that's why um, I got started and and then I ran for my council person resigned um, and when he resigned um, it was open they had 30 days to fill the seat and it was like 60 people I mean no not 66 people I'm sorry 6 people and then it dropped down to 4 and then it dropped down to 2 of me and a guy and I won and I was shocked Oh yeah. at the end of the meeting they said we want to congratulate Trinity Lynn I said I won I didn't even know shocked I hear you're Pottstown biggest cheerleader <laughs> I even, in, even in Harrisburg I know yes I am shocked. I am all about Pottstown yes and and I work for SEPTA drive a bus and they, they'll tell you as soon as they say I don't like driving the 93 I said hold on don't talk about the 93 I start taking my earrings off uh-huh. <laughs> talk about Pottstown you beat up <laughs> so that's the thing that's the thing with them in, in there Pottstown in D.C. because I'm from Washington so okay. what about Pottstown do you love the most? The village. I, I hope. I, hmm, no, I'm talking about the village. Like the Everybody. village. I'm talking We're when I, because I grew up in D.C. and it was all black, right? And the village watched me. So while my grandparents or my mom was working, uh, the village watched me. So they were snitches. It was they if I, when I wanted to have little boys in my house and smoke weed and do things they they was telling me, and I didn't like them at first, but I realized what it was about. It was about keeping me on that straight now. And That's I was right. in a band too, so I played clarinet in the band, and the band don't let you do stuff either, because you are a team. It's like football and baseball. When that team member they need you, you know. I played clarinet. My my sound was important to the all of the sound. So. But yeah, so that's, I believe, the village. Pastown has a wonderful and amazing village. If you're sick, if you're down and out, you need something, all you have to do is ask. You don't have to suffer in silence here in Pottstown. And I have that here. That's what made me, well, because the houses were cheaper. Oh, yeah. And then I got to know people, they, they just want open arms. Come on, come on. They, you know, they, it's that, I don't know that that love and that support. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That That's positivity, beautiful. that community. I call it the village because mm-hmm. you know, back then it was like the village raised me. So yeah. it's like it takes a village, and Ex- in your case, it absolutely. literally did. It took. It takes a village, and I mm-hmm. believe we we can bring that unity back. You know more. You know what I mean? So in Pottstown, it's here. It's definitely here. Mm-hmm. It's here. 
it's oh, here. Yeah. You know. I mean, look at today. Yeah, yeah. Right. We got the we got the street blocked off, and we got a got a bunch of people out here. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was a community effort. Yeah. Spe- community speaking about effort. today, uh, how do you feel about this? Like, I, I you know, um, so growing up in in an all black school, I had no about diversity. So Black history was really strong in DC. Um, so I knew about Juneteenth and. Um, I'm glad that it's being celebrated, but there's still more work to be done. It's like fair funding the schools. You know what I mean? There's still there's still work need to be done um, with racism, with the things that's happening. Um, I feel like it's getting a little better, but it's not it's not where it should be. After all these years, it's I mean it's 2023. Like but like again with the fair funding. It's 2023, and just because where somebody lives, they can't have the same equal education as someone who has a little bit more money. Or even just someone who lives right across the river. Right across the... Yep. Mervine. Mervine divides right across Mervine. Yep. Okay? And And not saying they bad or anything. I'm just saying you see that even... Pottstown, Phoenixville. You see that these, and now it's not like it's, you don't see it because you guys got social media. Before it was word of mouth. I could say, we got a pool in our school. You don't know that because right. I could be lying. Now you could really, they could take pictures and video of this pool. You know what I mean? And the so. fact that Juneteenth has made a national holiday just recently is bizarre. It should have been earlier. Absolutely. There should be a lot of holidays. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there should... Like, they talked about putting Harriet Tubman on on, a, on money. You know mm-hmm. what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. On a 20 they, they're still like, yeah, they yeah. I don't know. It just felt like... It felt, I think it's... I don't... I think it might still be in the works. But I think... Mm, I mean, I don't Andrew Jackson I don't opposed the banks. Because they... That needs to happen. <laughs> me too. I'm tired of seeing Andrew Jackson on my 20. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, don't make me laugh. You crazy. But yeah, like like Harriet Tubman. We, I was all excited about that. Like having Harriet Tubman. Yeah. I mean, on, I mean, on the money. anyone but Andrew Jackson. There, there definitely needs to be a representation Oh, change. what's the guy that's named after the bridge over here? He wasn't even a president. Who was he? Ben Franklin. Yeah, Ben yeah. Franklin. Oh. He wasn't even the president. Now he yeah, ain't right. on the money. Right. You know what I mean? So. All I did was like hold up a. Right. <laughs> now this this really did or, no, stick out to me. Okay, go ahead. That that you said earlier, okay. you're a councilwoman. Yes. So I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. what can be done to increase more the diversity in your field? Because as uh, working on the council, like a, a city council, uh, you don't see a lot of women. You don't see a lot of Black color people. Cohort. You said you were one of two black people. Yeah, so the there's council? so there's a uh, a black male and myself, that, and, and that's the representation. That's it, and that's that's a problem. And um, if they don't try, I wouldn't. Have, I would. I was going for school board because I was because the school taxes is the is the right. is the pie. So there's a pie. The pie is school taxes, boroughs like this, and then you got state taxes and you got local taxes, but the main taxes is school, okay? I have no problem with that, that it's the school taxes. What I do have a problem is that Harrisburg ain't ain't taking their part in it and making it so that all kids are equal when it comes to education. I don't like that part. 
I don't I don't like that. Now, how can people at diversity they have to apply? They have to go out here and they have to show their face and they have to do and they have to go for it. Right. You you brought a, a bus full of us down to Harrisburg yeah. and you brought the diversity. Yeah. You yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah, we brought that diversity and that was one bus. 2018 we had three buses. I was one captain myself and Laura Johnson, she's on school board. Um, and we got involved. Same thing. Laura Johnson got involved. You know what I mean? But that's what we do. You gotta, you gotta get involved. So those people, if you want to run for council or school board or mayor or anything like that, you gotta up. You gotta run for it. And it's not easy. You don't just put your name in the hat and just say, okay, good luck. You gotta go out here. I so I was new to Potsdam, right? So I got for a council. I was everywhere. It wasn't John Armada though. But I was everywhere. I can't do him. I call him Mr. Johnson from The Matrix. He's, he's, moving through time. Yeah, yeah. He's everywhere. There's multiple of him. Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. I call. I said, you miss it. Mr. Anderson. I'm Mr. Sorry. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Uh, but he, he, you know what he said? He'd never seen the movie? he never seen the movie. So he don't even know what he now didn't know what I was talking movie. about. Right. But I've yeah. Seen the movie, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Anderson. The Matrix. Yes. I know. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, so if they apply, they they can do it. Then there'll be a lot of diversity. When I first started, there was a Hispanic, um, Rita, Rita um, Perez. She was she was um, Hispanic representation, and then myself and Joe. So that that was good. And then we had a white female, Lisa um, Vanny. So, would you say that there's hope in the newer generations in terms of? diversifying this country or just absolutely yeah you know why because i call it y'all the new kids because my well my kids is in their 30s now but i see more accepting i feel like it's going to be more mixed you know what i mean like my parents they had they lived through segregation so they everything was segregated you know white sinks black sinks black places this that, that right back when my father grew up this wouldn't even happen we wouldn't even be standing here talking to each other like this right so and my father still believes in black people should be black people white should be white people Hispanic should be Hispanic people that's his way of thinking now generations come down and and me I I, I, I don't care I, I date whatever my heart feels I know that the color doesn't matter to me. That's how I feel. Same thing with my kids. I told my kids that because they grew up military. So we lived in a whole, we live in a diversity bucket. You can't get no diversity in the military. Okay. Because yeah, right. guys and women bring husbands all over. So there's a lot of diversity. You know what I mean? So my kids see that, which I love. You know what I mean? Because now I grew up all black community. And schools, my kids grew up diversity, so I was intrigued. So I asked my oldest daughter, "How does it feel to go to school with white kids?" <laughs> she said, "She was, she was like, it's okay." She said, "The only thing she said, I, she said to me, she was like, the white kids treat me better than the black kids." I said, "Shut up, really?" She said, "Yeah." I was like, "What? Do you need me to go out there and beat somebody?" She said, "No, no, no, no. I'm just saying." <laughs> So I said, well, what? So I said, well, what is it that that you feel like you're not comfortable? She said, only like when we in history, 
and we talk about slaves, like we talk about, she said, they'll say, and the slaves, and all the white kids look at me like, is that okay for us to say? Like, they look at you like, are we okay? They like, like point her out. Yeah, like, like, is it okay for us? That word just came yeah. out. Like, you know, they, <laughs> it's, she said, I feel like it's more them than me, but then they make me feel like, ugh, because they, they, they said it, but. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like y'all should go into politics. I, I, I tell people, I say, listen, I feel like that that platform should be a little, it would be more younger. It yeah. should, it's like mm-hmm. 50 and up. Like, I'm in my 50s, you know what I mean? And I think that politic platform should be you guys. Because not that we want to be set in our ways, but we set in our ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some things we set that way. And some of us like to be an open book. And I think you guys got it. You guys got it. Yeah. You guys got it. You know what I mean? I definitely do think a new generation mm. of politicians needs to come definitely. in. Yeah. Especially for presidents. There is just one specific demographic that is the majority. For sure. Yes, absolutely. You can get that one too. And a lot of stuff's not getting done because of that majority. How do you think we can get these new generations up and into politics and running for, you know, local positions to maybe work their way up or stay in local position for a little bit? How do you think we can get these younger generations out? Again, apply. Go to Harrisburg. Go and talk to your rep- your state reps and your and your senates and and stuff like that. Go in there, ask the governor. You may not talk to them. You may you may talk to them. Go up there and talk to these people. We y'all you guys will be eighteen, or if you're not eighteen, you're gonna be eighteen. You're gonna be voting. You have that right. You want my vote? You gotta come talk to me. Right. You know the governor and stuff like that. You know what I mean. You gotta do that. Go to these places and stuff. Go to D.C. and and go and go to the Capitol and go to. You can always go to the White House. They still do it, but you gotta ask people. Back in the day, you just walk up and wait in line and go in. <laughs> now it's a whole thing. But anyway, go go to Harrisburg. See these people. Go talk to your local your local people. You guys know the mayor. Mayor's very friendly and she's everywhere yeah you know what i mean we talkable you know approachable so yeah i think you guys i prefer everybody say i want to run for council i said what would you because if you're in my ward you can have it you could take this and then i would you know because i feel like you guys would you know why don't we do this well you know you just full of curiosity and change you know what i mean we yeah. do things like <laughs> Structurally and yeah, I see what you mean. I, mean, I do sometimes. Sometimes I go out because I get bored with this. I think I got ADHD. I'm a, <laughs> I'll be bouncing all over the place. I'm, I can't sit, sit still. So, yeah. Any questions? I mean, you know. Uh, would you like to give a, a closing statement? Hmm. No, but I. I guess I could say I really like this. I like the the progress and the stuff that um, David is doing in the middle school and in the high schools with this. You know what I mean? See that change? See that 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 in in that invitation to something different? Because you never know what child may you can you 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 can make money with it in your privacy of your own home. 
Yes, you can. You know what I mean? Yes. This is an introduction for you guys. And I and I appreciate David for doing this because this this is amazing and photography. Yeah. And I mean, you don't I'm not saying that you have to go to college. Don't say that. Don't 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 take that that I say you can't. You don't have to go to college for stuff. But you do have to go to college. <laughs> well, don't worry. We're all going. You, you okay? Good. <laughs> I don't be be that person. Just saying, you know, you can. He give you these tools. Yeah. It's just so meaningful having this opportunity to be able to do this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen. And be able it's, to be exposed to it this early. You know? Yes. Yes. Like yes. And he you gave us that. Yes. And we have it in Pottstown. Yes, we That's are. the village. Well, that's the village. Yes. It takes well, a village, right? It, it yeah. does. There sure does. And there David is, is he born and raised in this village. So he that's knows. Right. He did no better person to do this but him. But I had a good time with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I gotta come back. Yes, you do. I'm a little better. I'm a little under the weather today. Uh, but I had to come out and support the Juneteenth. Yeah, bring the bell. Like the bring bring yeah, the bells yeah, yeah. this time. Bring yeah. the bells. I know the bring cow the bells. bells. Bring the cow bells. Yeah, and my pom poms. Uh huh. I'm a pom pom. I'm an ex cheerleader. I used to be. Yes, I did cheerlead for a little bit. We would love to have you back. Yes, I would love to be back. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to see y'all in um, politics. I'm getting my minor in political science. So you I might, might just see me out there. You might just see me out there. I'm All right. right there, so my name is Matt Reed. I'm from Penn Village Projects right up the road. Uh, it's called Bright Hope now, but to villagers, it will forever be called Penn Village or the Ville. Uh, I went to Pottstown High. Uh, from there, Took a few years off. I don't ever suggest that. Don't take a gap year or a few years. Found myself, um, decided to teach, but I didn't find that epiphany until I went back to Barf Elementary, where I went. And I said, I want to be a teacher. I want to be the teacher that I needed when I was in school. So from there, Kutztown University for my undergrad and Arcadia University for my master's of education. Um, it's been a journey, but uh, it was worth it quite worth it good to hear honestly uh what does it take to be a teacher it's a great question uh for me it takes um a non-traditional route because i feel like you have to be culturally connected to our students um got to know what's going on and meet in, in order to meet students where they're at that can be challenging uh, i consider myself a hero i think teaching is my superpower uh, there are more bad days than good um, often, but um, you got to take the good with the bad. So in the sense of non-traditional, what, 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 what teaching style would you say that really fault? How do you teach your kids in just describe non-traditional, really? So I'm a history teacher, so I use hip-hop to teach history. Okay. And I stole a page from my creative writing teacher in high school, Mrs. Morgan. Um, she used, or she allowed us to use hip-hop songs to uh, learn figurative language. And at the time, it was Nas is Like by an artist named Nas. Nas is my favorite rapper of all time. Prior to that, I didn't really understand figurative language, but he's actually doing it with similes, metaphors. Um, if you're listening, a lot of hip hop artists are using that. Absolutely. So years later, 
I incorporated that through history. I use a lot of hip hop lyrics to teach the boring stuff. Most students find history boring, but if you make it fun, uh, you can actually trick them into learning. What do you think is the importance of learning about history and correct history? I'm sure you heard it before, but if we don't learn from our history, we'll repeat the same mistakes. Um, what's crucial about this weekend and this holiday is that Juneteenth has been around for a while. Um, right after uh, Emancipation Proclamation, people were promoting it. Um, of course, there was backlash. There was a lot of white supremacists who didn't want that to happen. Hence, um, people or enslaved black people not knowing in Galveston, Texas, that they were free. Yeah, they hid it from them, right? They did. They kept it from them, okay? And it wasn't until years later, 1865, that they found out. They were free since 1863. Uh, it's important to know that. Juneteenth is a prime example of how much history is hidden. I didn't grow up knowing that. I had to find that out later as a teacher. Now I teach my students that so they can grow up and spread the word. We have a lot of examples where history is hidden. So it's important to study history because it's kept from us. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's books, there's references mm -hmm. like The Giver. If you the remember giver. that, yep. they, they kept history from us. That's real life. They're banning books and they're keeping history from us. So it's important for us to know Juneteenth and other situations like Black Wall Street that aren't in your typical textbooks. I saw the Black Wall Street shirt. I love it. Thank I, you. I love the, Thank uh, you. the story behind that. Well, terrible story. Yes. But the fact that it happened at that time was is just amazing to see that even through all these troubles that they were given, like they could form their own really economy in their mm -hmm. own city pretty much just off a of willpower and, and a community basis. And you're inspiring me by just knowing that. There's a lot of adults that don't know about Black Wall Street. Yeah. Tom Hanks is mad. He did an interview that he didn't know about Black Wall Street growing up. Now there's there's books out there. There's a great show called The Watchmen. The Watchmen. And it's based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. There's a major episode. I forget which one. One of the earlier ones. And it's probably the first time Black Wall Street was portrayed. And as you said, it's not a good story swept under the rug. And it's very, um, very graphic to watch, but necessary. We should know about that. It's U.S. history. Uh, how do you learn about history that's not, or how do you learn about the vital parts of history that's not like, given to you? So I teach African-American studies um, at a district that incorporated it for the first time this year. So the students I taught this year for the first time ever had African-American studies in their school district. So we are history in itself. They'll go on, on to college or the workforce or the military knowing that this has been kept from me. And it's um, provided for 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, and it's an elective. I'm um, going to Howard University this summer to train for the AP African-American Studies. I'm sure you probably heard about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That'll be in the curriculum 2024-2025. You also Which heard about the backlash. Yeah. Some states don't want this at all. So how do we keep this going? How do we teach students this? Uh, we promote it. My goal, my long-term goal is, at least in my district, to make this course mandatory instead of having it be an elective. It should be mandatory. I tell my students that you're going to know stuff that most of the building doesn't know. And that's including adults, the teachers. And you're gonna go into the traditional history classes 
with this information and you're going to challenge that teacher. And that teacher might get upset with you because you know more than that teacher in that area. So there's a good textbook called The Odyssey that I based my foundation off. But even in that textbook, even though it's an African-American studies textbook, everything's not in there. So I use my supplements. Angela Davis is not in any history textbooks. And it's based off her affiliation with communism. And she was a target, but she's an absolute powerful story in the United States of America. Um, I use supplements. And by that, I mean I, I use outside texts, outside resources, just so my, my students know about her. Because she's kept under the, swept under the rug for a reason. It's un-American because she went against the system. But she's black history nonetheless. History yeah. as a whole, nonetheless. You spoke a bit about uh, making African-American studies uh, like mandatory. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what role will history play in the shaping of our society in the future? So you all are students from Pottstown High. Absolutely. Do you have African-American studies? We do. Yes. I want, I'm a Pottstown graduate. I did not growing up. So it was great that someone instilled that. I think Mrs. Faison if you're familiar with Mrs. Faison or someone before her incorporated that, that course into uh, the high school, but I didn't have that. So when I went off to college, that's the first time I had African-American studies and I felt like I was lied to. So I've worked at a few school districts that either didn't have the course or they did. I think two or three of the, the total school districts I worked at did not have the course. And then when I got to teach it, I said, hey, this is, this is gold. I'm not going to blow this opportunity. You guys got to sit still, man. <laughs> like, no, I'm they're getting active. I'm juggling you guys in knowledge. Oh, the water bottle. Uh, oh. Got technical difficulties. <laughs> so on top of that, you have parents that um, they're really meticulous with what their, their kids learn. And I understand why. Um, and then there's the question on when, when are students ready for um, something as graphic as uh, Black Wall Street or anything that, um, such as Emmett Till? Uh, when do we start teaching that? My opinion is ninth or 10th grade. I think you're ready for that. Um, these are things that need to be known and not kept a secret anymore. And um, I, I, I try to be as transparent with my students as much as possible. And if I get that support from administration and parents, I have um, autonomy to go there because it is college readiness. And they'll see that, no. whether it's with me or, and um, I'm gonna just stand up. <laughs> whether it's with me or with a college professor, they're gonna see uh, elements of this history. So I, my goal, my overall goal to answer the question is to best prepare them for that as possible. So sort of to go off the topic of this episode, would you say that freedom to you means the freedom to know the truth? Absolutely. And if we, if we base it off Juneteenth, um, we often glorify Abraham Lincoln as free and enslaved, uh, enslaved black people but he only set up union lines for enslaved black people to free themselves. And many of us don't know that. And when I tell my students that they're like, wait, you mean for X amount of years, I was told the opposite, that we should give credit to Lincoln for freeing the enslaved black people. 
It's not quite. It's not quite the case. They had to free themselves. They had to go out of those Union lines to go north. Sometimes, as far as Canada, um, we need to know that truth. Okay, history as a whole has gaps in it, and we got to fill those gaps. And I don't know everything, so I learn. And I tell my t uh, students that they're going to teach me as well. And we find stuff. They see stuff on uh, TikTok. They see stuff on TikTok. Um, they bring it to me. Mr. Reed, uh, is it true that um, uh, Lewis and Clark had a slave named York? Oh, yes, absolutely. Let's take a look in the textbook. Oh, they didn't mention him. So let's use those supplements, those outsources, right? And then we find. They bring that to the table. It wasn't even in the curriculum. And I'll make sure we know that before we part ways. Come here, buddy. Okay, stay right there. It seems like you have a very like open environment in your classroom where mm -hmm. uh, your students are able to sort of uh, ask you all these questions that they have. And um, it seems like you guys have like a lot of open discussions. Like um, with that being said, do you think that this new generation will sort of propel society further in uh, in just social justice? I have high hopes that they will. Um, I'm a huge believer in student voice. And I'll let my students know right off the door, like, you got to speak up or you got to find your voice. And we start the course off with Creole storytelling because we're about to hit some stories that are going to make you uncomfortable if you haven't heard them before. So I want to hear your story. I want you to tell me something about you. It could be anything from your life. And we, we start off the course with that. Because yes, you are, I think this generation, um, you see a lot. Um, see a lot on social media. And that's a lot of times how you find out stuff that was kept from you. So if you bring that to the, the class, I think discussion is the best way to learn. You probably had teachers that cut you off after like hearing two to three students say something. I don't do that. I let everybody talk because in the beginning, nobody wants to talk. But mid uh, semester, they start talking, they find their voice. And by the end of the semester, we do a podcast based on uh, the black historical figures or the events that we talked about. And um, we we submitted to NPR. This year, I had two students who won. They did a podcast on uh, Madam C.J. Walker. And you can hear the energy and you can hear within the podcast itself that they found their voice. And that's important. You can, um, I don't care if you don't remember everything, if you found your voice and you can take that with you, you're gonna continue to learn. You're gonna remember what we learned. And it's gonna um, re-trigger re that thought process. Instill that passion in them. Absolutely. You know, I, I find it so bizarre how politicians are banning African-American history. Mm -hmm. So how do, how do we solve that problem? How do we stop this from happening? I'm a part of Teach Plus. I don't know if you're familiar with Teach Plus. It's an opportunity to um, speak to legislators in PA um, and ask them why. Uh, what's the reason? Hopefully PA never gets to the point of, uh, of Florida. Um, I think we're pretty good at the moment, but things can change. Um, if I... If I can be real, we're at a point where in the history books, we see the images of the civil rights movement. We see those uh, horrible graphic lynching photos where some 
somebody's grandmother or great grandmother might be in that photo. So they're pushing back like, wait a minute, we don't want our great grands to see this. No, your great grands should see this. And they should see what was wrong with, with America and what, um, what it led to today and why we have these issues. So I'm very open and transparent with that. I am so comfortable talking about this. Uh, I don't care about the backlash. Um, and I'll talk to anybody, even politicians, on why would you ever want to ban books or African-American studies? I believe all of us here are very eager to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. But what historical African-American did you find the most interesting and impactful? Angela Davis. She did the impossible. Um, and she's still fighting a good fight. Um, if you haven't read her autobiography, read it. If you haven't watched her video on violence, when they asked her why, black, why are black people violent? And she's like, wait a minute, is it black people that are violent? Let me tell you a little bit about my background. I don't know if you know Angela Davis knew the four girls that were bombed in the church. Her mother taught them. Um, this is stuff we don't know. It's not in history textbooks. But um, she had her back against the wall. She not only inspired the black civil rights movement, but um, all social movements. Even what we have today is, um, sorry, LGBTQ. She inspired them as well. Most people don't know that. I highly suggest all students to read about Angela Davis. I guess we can end it here. Okay. Any closing statements? Um, sorry for uh, the disruption with the no, kids and the no snack problem break. At all. No problem. Don't even um, worry about that. Thank you. I appreciate this um, this moment. Um, I'm willing to go anywhere. Um, sorry if anything made you uncomfortable, but um, this is my type of time. This is what I do. In and outside of the classroom, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Right. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for thank being you. you. Thank you for being <laughs> you. Real. All the time. It can only be me. And you all be you, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. You too. Thank you for tuning in to the Creative for Greatness podcast. Check out our website at striveinitiative.org for more information. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Tell a friend, spread the word, and be great. Clap it up! Clap it up! We out. <laughs>